You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. Uh, If you've been like me, and you likely are, if you're an Indians fan, and that means uh, you grew up in Cleveland and you grew up uh, with the drafts being second holidays, so you probably spent the evening watching the NBA draft just like I have. Uh, if you have not, well, I hope you enjoyed whatever you did this evening. Uh, and if you did watch the draft, I also hope you enjoyed it. Sometimes drafts are not fun, especially when you are a Cleveland fan. Fan? Fan. So let's talk about some of the Indians-related news today. Uh I think the biggest piece is that right now, supposedly the person that the Mets want to hire for their president of uh, baseball operations is Mike Chernoff of the Indians. This threw me for a loop at first because I was like, what is Sandy Alderson's role? Isn't that what Sandy Alderson is? And the long and short of it is that, you know, because here's my thing. I was thinking that Sandy Alderson would... yeah. He is the team president of the Mets, so now they need, you know, the, let me get the exact role again, the president of baseball operations, who essentially is the guy above even the general manager. It gets kind of complicated. It's like teams found ways to keep promoting and giving titles and names to other team to roles so they wouldn't lose players. Uh, as we know, the Mets wanted David Stearns was someone that they wanted for this position, but he is already that for the Brewers. So, yeah, well, David Stern still makes all the calls. He is the president of baseball operations. He is not the GM. So with the Indians, I, I know Mike Chernoff makes, gets to make quite a few of the calls, but it is still Chris Antonetti at the top. So, yes, he could be hired away for no compensation because he's technically getting promoted. He is a New Jersey kid. So there is some appeal there. Here's the thing. Yeah, it could be great to go and work for a team like Steve Cohen, uh, go work there, like move there, trade for Lindor, and then give him the extension that uh, you would not be able to give him to when you're the Cleveland Indians general manager. Uh, there would be something kind of sweet in that, uh, I think. But at the same time, the nice thing and the thing I've always said about Paul Dolan is he hires smart people and gets out of their way. The owner that gets in your way can make a job not worth it the Mets potentially could have that owner. Does Antonetti, I mean, I I wouldn't be, I'd be surprised, but not shocked, I guess. Earlier in the day, I said I'd be shocked, but I guess it'd be more of a surprise and not a shock if he went there. Like, it, it's an appealing position for a lot of reasons, but, you know, this is like Steve Cohen is uh, an interesting personality. Um, you almost expect him to be the owner of the Houston Astros with kind of the way he is a, uh, cheated his way in life uh, through various things. And that's not just, you know, me speaking uh, based off of anything other than the fact that, you know, he was busted for insider trading and is the inspiration for the TV show Billions on Showtime. Like, this is a, a interesting character, to put it nicely. And, yeah, they're going to go out and spend money. Uh, there's a chance that Antonetti just wants that big job. And there's also just, hey, on a very basic level... I bet the Mets will pay him more than the Indians will. And if he still has a lot of family in Jersey, that's also going to be appealing. Um, You know, he has made a home for himself in Cleveland, but there are reasons he could go. 
I do think um, the reasons why he could stay, we'll have to wait and see. But I think that is definitely kind of the biggest Indians-related news of the day, um, is just what's going on there. That he's apparently the number one candidate. He is their guy. That is who they want to hire. And from there, we shall see, really, is kind of the uh, you know the, the next <laughs> loss for the Indians. It may not be one of these free agents. It may not be Francisco Lindor. The next guy out the door could be Mike Chirinoff. Chir- the current general manager who's done a lot to help build this team to where it is today. Uh, other interesting news and that could affect the Indians, Robinson Cano gets a 162-game PED suspension. It is his second time he has tested positive for steroids. Uh, I talked about how he had a fantastic year last year, much better in 2020 than anything he had had in recent years. Well, he might have cheated to get it. And that means his entire $24 million salary he does not get. It also means that that doesn't count against the Mets in terms of the luxury tax. So the Mets just gained $24 million in cushion between themselves and the tax. Cano was a best served as a DH, but in National League, where a DH, I, I don't think we'll see a National League DH next year. And the reason for that is the MLB owners are going to want to hold on to that as a bargaining tool. Anything that is a bargaining tool for them is not something they are going to give away for free. So I think the National League likely enters next year without a DH. And that means that uh, Cano was going to have to play second, play third. The Mets were looking at a situation where you have J.D. Davis, who's probably best as a DH playing third, and Robinson Cano, who's best as a DH playing second. Uh, That is an ugly infield on a whole lot of levels. And with Cano out... If they want to trade for Lindor, they all of a sudden have a natural place to shift Jimenez. Uh, There's a lot. This makes a Lindor deal monetarily easier. It makes a Lindor deal easier in terms of positioning. It just makes a Lindor deal easier. And I still think, again, the Mets are the ideal team. Uh, If we just go back and visit our old friends over at Roster Resource and pull up the New York Mets, they currently have the Toronto Blue Jays open on there. We'll talk about them in a second. You go look at uh, the New York Mets. I think they're going to sign Brandon Springer. Brandon Springer, George Springer. Brandon Nimmo is the current center fielder. Guess I'm turning them into one player. Um, I think they signed Springer and they put him in center field. I think he's the number one target. This is a team that is needed, and it feels like it's been targeting a legitimate center fielder for almost a decade. Uh, Nimmo defensively just not great for that. Offensively great for that. Not as much. But then, essentially, if you assume that they're going to get Springer, and I, I would I would place money on that, then you have Conforto and Nimmo in your two outfield spots. Uh, Pete Alonso at first, Jeff McNeil at second base right now. Uh, you have Andres Jimenez at shortstop, and J.D. Davis is your third baseman. And Dom Smith does not have a role in that lineup in its current form. Uh, so, you know, again, they need... So in the the other counterpoint is I think Jimenez has the arm to play third. If McNeil's at second, I think McNeil could play third. Figuring out we're going to play those two, putting Lindor at short, allows them to trade Dom Smith and J.D. Davis, which, again, is what I am asking for in any trade. That is my starting point. 
And honestly, if I can just get those two, I'm still pretty happy with that deal, especially, again, if you can get Ahmad Rosario as a filler. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic. I think he's uh, an interesting buy low, yet a prospect as well. I'm even happier. Uh, this, this is going to be what I stick with. But I do think it makes uh, everything easier for the Indians and Mets to make a deal. Rotating over. Last team in the AL East. Let's talk about the Toronto Blue Jays. I talked about how a Lindor trade is unlikely. Uh, People still want me to discuss it. So let's start out. You're not getting Kevin Biggio. You're not getting Bo Bichette. That just needs to be said. I get a lot of questions about those two. I don't see that happening. Teoscar Hernandez had a great year. I am not 100% sold yet. It is a profile that scares me. Uh, It's a profile very similar to guys like Brett Phillips, which hasn't come together for him. And you see guys with that profile with high strikeouts, low walks, occasionally put it together for stretches, but not over extended periods of time all that often. And I I am much more interested personally in uh, Gurriel. And it is interesting, you know, he was the lesser Gurriel. His brother was the bigger name, but I think uh, baby Gurriel is the more interesting player. And, you know, seven-year, $22 million contract that he signed, so he is not going to be a free agent until after 2023. So if you get him, you're getting him for three seasons at a de- at a solid price. I'm trying to get the contract details right now. As I recall, it's you know his average. Let's put it this way: his average contract over that uh, contract was 3.14 million. So it's uh, 22 million over those seven years. It's not a lot of money he is making. What has he done in the big leagues? If you're not familiar. 2018 WRC plus a 103, 124 in 2019, and 2020 138. Now it is 65, 84, 57 games. He hasn't played, he's only played a total of 206 games, but defensive value is not great. Let's be honest there, but offensively, good. And there's some power. He does a little bit of everything. Strikeout percentages in the lower 20s. Walk rate, not ideal. But he is definitely the guy I think you target in any deal, put him in left field, and let him play for you. Was viewed as a second baseman at points in time coming up. I don't really think anyone uh, sees that going forward for him. But he's the, and when you go over and look at the trade value site, I mean, it's almost a one-for-one between his value to Lindor's value at this point in time. Uh, In terms of other players, I do think Jordan Groshans is really interesting. I've been on record as a huge fan of his. I thought in a Clevenger deal, he's someone I'd love to target. Drafted in 2018, probably still a year away. Not even Rule 5 eligible until 2022. So he's not getting rostered before that. Not really a guy who's likely to help your team next year. And that makes, you know, when you, and interestingly enough, uh, honestly, he has more value than Lindor on the trade value site when I went there and looked at that. I think Groshan's value is is pointing up, but he's also far away. He's just not a great fit for any one of those trades. Um, and at Toronto's top prospects in general, it's like Nate Pearson. Let's just move on. Austin Martin, they just drafted. I don't see them trading him again far away. Uh, Woods Richardson's been on a steady rise since they got him. Uh, again, pretty far away. Alejandro Kirk is probably the next guy to look at, the catching prospect who spent some time in the majors. The reason against them trading Kirk, though, is Danny Jansen was was a well-thought-of prospect. Like He was a legitimate prospect for them who was a top 100 guy when he came up. 
hasn't put together in the majors. WRC plus that first year in 31 games, 115. Since then, 68 and 89. Positive defensive values, but offensively has not been good. One positive last year was the higher walk percentage. I can't see them moving Kirk because he is the only catching prospect they kind of have. I mean, yes, okay, there is Gabriel Moreno. He is very far away, and he has a lot of development to go. He's really interesting, but between him and Kirk, I feel like there's probably a few years, and I I do believe, did Moreno play in the bigs this year, or he's just maybe Rule 5 eligible? Whatever it is, Moreno is movable more than Kirk. Let's put it that way. So I'll stand by everything I said before. I don't think this is a team that's going to trade pieces. I do not think they're going to go out and make that big move. You look at what they did this past year. Uh, Robbie Ray was a small move. Jonathan Villar, uh, Tejan Walker. They have consistently gone for small moves when they have added pieces. I think they will go out and add some players, and I do think they will get some some free agents, but I don't see them trading away their war chest. They have taken the time to develop. When you remember Alex Anthopoulos was let go because he decimated the minors to get that team to the postseason uh, where the Indians, was it a sweep or was it five games? I can't remember now, uh, where the Indians rolled over them. And when the Indians rolled over them, uh, you know, they were barren and they had so many guys hitting free agency and the core was old. And that was one of the reasons he was let go. And they rebuilt the minors and now they have in this nice situation and their team ascending I can't see them trading it away, especially because when for Shapiro's whole history running a baseball team, uh, he has fought to not uh, trade away pieces. They have a good offensive core here in place, and you know, pitching staff is a bunch of fours and one potential ace. Bullpen, a little bit shaky in my opinion. We'll see how some of these players come together. Um, you know, Dallas and Romano looked good last year. Beyond them. Uh, we'll see old friend alerts with AJ Cole and Julian Merriweather back there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they have the pieces, but they don't necessarily have the pieces, I think, to make a natural trade partner with the Cleveland Indians. So should we start discussing the central? Is that where we finally are? Are there teams in the central? Uh, should I talk about how the Tigers are probably a, actually a really good fit? Uh, let's just dive into where should we go? Tigers, Royals, like the twins, it'll never happen. Let's just start with the teams where that's just never going to happen. You know, the twins where they are, a trade will not occur between these two teams. They're competing against each other. Uh, while they could put together an interesting package for Lindor and with Polanco's regression last year, they're actually a team where uh, a trade like that would make sense. Uh, you know, some someone like Brent Rooker or Jake Cave have made points where they you know they we think that they're ready for a bit more i mean royce lewis is about ready to break into the big leagues alex kirilov is currently slated to be the dh where i'm assuming they re-signed nelson cruz i could be wrong there um yeah i mean eddie rosario is a trade candidate and i would love to add him to the cleveland indians but and in if the Twins were not in the Central, if they were not a team the Indians were competing against, they would make perfect sense. Because the Twins have a bunch of bats, and then their pitching staff is, whoo, right? You know, like, uh, Maeda was great. Jose Barrios, still very solid. Uh, Pineda, when he got, did he, I thought he was suspended for most of the year. Yeah, he got five games, but they were five good games. 
Uh, Randy Dobnik came back to earth. Devin Smeltzer is currently the number five. That's not ideal. Solid pen. Yeah, they could use a another starter. Like they're a team that would make a lot of sense for the Indians to to trade with. But uh, it's the Twins. That's not going to happen. They're just competing head to head. Chicago White Sox. Again, a trade is not going to happen between these two teams. Uh, honestly, the White Sox need outfield help. Uh, Nomar Mazara did not. Uh, he he proved to be the exact player we thought he was. And you go through the rest of the team. You're hoping Madrigal will step up. Uh, you know their other outfielder, Adam Engel. It, again, maybe some place you look to improve. This is a team that should honestly be tracing someone like Springer or Ozuna in free agency. They need the uh, corner outfield help. Having everyone healthy in their bullpen, you look at their starting rotation with Giolito, Keuchel, Cease, Dunning. They have the pieces and parts together there. Like This is a very interesting... like On paper, the Chicago White Sox should be the division favorites, in my opinion. That's just where I'd put it. You know, Zach Birdie coming back from injury. Michael Kopech is going to be back. The year uh, Cody Hewer had for them. They're... The one downside is they are very quickly graduating talent from their minor leagues. Their minor leagues, uh, top 10 prospects, like you go and you look at their fan graphs one from midseason, players who have not played in the major leagues yet are Jared Kelly and Andrew Vaughn. Because even Garrett Crochet, their first-round pick, spent time in the bigs this year. So it is a team that has graduated a majority of its talent. Uh, I'm sorry, Jonathan did Jonathan Stieber get up there? I've been a big fan of his since his Indiana days. Uh, consider him a sleeper for their rotation as well. I always like Jimmy Lambert going back a few years ago, see what he can do if given an opportunity uh, in addition. But, yeah, this is a team that is set up, just set up perfectly. Uh, and they don't need infield help. Like Lindor makes no sense to them, uh, even in a world where they were in another division. So, Chicago White Sox, easily we can move past those two teams in the division with the Cleveland Indians. So that leaves you with Detroit and Kansas City. Uh, Trading anyone to Kansas City is just cruel and unusual punishment. It should not be allowed at this point in time. Oh, Kansas City. Uh, An interesting name there, though, honestly. Mikhail Franco uh, finally played this year like the guy the Phillies thought they were getting when they promoted him. Uh, a 100-106 WRC+. Plus. You go back, 2015, he had a 129 in 80 games. And 92-76, 104-70, His weighted on-base percentage was a 329. Like, he was a slightly above-average bat, which, hey, as a cheap ad, uh, making 2.5, 2, 2, basically make it 3 million. Not bad for them uh, in terms of value. Whit Merrifield, another strong year, just wasting that fantastic team-friendly contract. Um, Mondesi gives them a nice young shortstop. Salvador Perez is, it's hard to believe he's not even 31 yet, but he's there. I mean, he's another guy that they should be looking to flip for value. Jorge Solar had a big regression year, so you don't look to flip him. I mean, after 2019, I thought they could have gotten the sun and the moon and the stars for him. It's not so much the case. And then you look at the rest of the lineup. There's just not a whole lot that's going to pull you in. And then you go to the rotation. Brad Keller could be interesting to some teams this offseason. But, man, that's not much else there. The pen was a strength. 
uh, let's see, Whit Merrifield, his contract, club option in 2023. So, and he is going to turn 32 in uh, January. So, yeah, they've, it's just crazy to me that you, you don't move him when you have that great team-friendly contract. Uh, 2.8 war, 5.2, 2.9, 1.4. Still a productive player. I have no idea what his value is, and I don't think uh, Kansas City would consider moving him. Salvador Perez, uh, you know, you go back since 2014. He is just he was largely ineffective until this year. This was like his strongest season since then, and only the second time he's had a runs created plus over 100 during that time. This was 37 games, very short sample. Not much there in Kansas City. Not much to make a trade with. Not, uh, you know, they would never be in on Lindor at this point in time. Detroit Tigers. Do we have the time to discuss them? We do not. So, Detroit will be tomorrow for the show. We will talk about the Detroit Tigers and why, in some regards, uh, they could be a team that makes sense for Lindor, at least with the old mindset of this being a team that spent money. They... uh, they have there's a lot of reasons and i'm not gonna like talk about it all now we'll get into it again tomorrow's show and why uh in a weird way he would make a lot of sense to a tigers team that uh is starting to show signs of turning around let's put it that way i think i think in the next two to three years the tigers will be better than the indians let's put it that way i i do believe that uh and we'll get into more of that tomorrow I have been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Indians podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff Draft. Remember to download every single day. If you could do me that one favor, just even if you end up downloading and deleting or, you know, downloading and, you know, honestly, if you just let it play when you're not using your phone, that's advantageous as well. But if everyone out there could just download every single day, that would be a huge jump for the show and it'd mean fantastic things to the show. So if you don't want to rate a review, which is another great thing you can do to help the show out, if you do love the show, just download every single day. It, it would mean the world. It would really help us out. So uh, please do that if you can. Uh, as always, as I said, I have been Jeff Ellis. Check out tomorrow to hear me talk about some Tigers and any other news that might pop up during the course of the day. And as always, go Tribe. <laughs>